just going to worship together today and learn from His Word. And I think, I hope, stand firm and faithful on the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ as we preach the grace in Jesus. All right? Uh, I, I lost my bulletin to my child. Who's the first prayer of? <laughs> okay. So Alicia's going to lead us in prayer in a moment and then call on somebody to pray. I do want to remind you, there are a couple of important announcements in your bulletin. Uh, if you are a member, I'm sorry, if you are a messenger uh, for New Heights, there is another important set of dates listed here, November 14th and 15th, which is the State Convention of Baptist Ohio annual meeting, which we are entitled to have our messengers present at, and there is some money available through the church to help with transportation and possibly a hotel night stay. So we'll be talking about that. If you're a messenger and you can make those dates, uh, reach out to me. If you can't go 14th, stay into the 15th, perhaps you could go just on the morning of the 15th, which would be a little harder because it's a two-hour drive, but maybe you can do that and be there for the meeting. And the majority of business uh, decisions, that kind of thing, will all be conducted on the 15th, but the night of the 14th is a, a really cool experience of worship, and there'll be some small stuff uh, business-wise that goes on on the 14th. So it's a really neat, not, and it's... It's not that often that you get invited to go out of town for one night for Jesus. That's a great opportunity. So it's like a little mission trip. All right, so that's coming up on the 14th and 15th. Also, Where is it? right before that, Columbus. it is in Columbus. Actually, I'm sorry, it is in Cuyahoga Falls, which is near Cleveland. It is near Cleveland, yeah. So about an hour, I think it's about an hour and 45 minutes away. So. And then um, also in November, if we have a Thanksgiving dinner and a Thanksgiving gratitude service. So on the second Sunday in November, and if we may hear more details about it, things will change a little bit or whatever the current plan is, our Sunday worship service will be our gratitude service. We'll be asking you to come and show us ways that you show gratitude to God. And you can do art, you can do music, you can do poetry, you can read a story, you can read your favorite Bible verses or whatever, that will be a large part of what we do together that day. And worst case scenario, if you all can't produce enough, then I'll preach for an hour at the end. Okay? So I know you love that idea. So that'll work. Okay? So that's going to be on that on that day. And then after that will be the fellowship. So we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner together. So it's a challenge to come together and worship together and then have a big dinner together afterwards. But we will put the worship and the service to the Lord first, and then we will... Make it work out to get all set up and ready to go and have dinner afterwards and we can pull it off and do it. And you're welcome to invite anyone to come. And if they come with a godly way of showing gratitude toward God that day, we will let them. We will involve them in our service. And so even if they come after their church and come over here afterwards and show gratitude, that's fine. Um, tell them to bring a turkey with them. You know, that'll, be, that'll take care of it. I'm just kidding. But they can eat our turkey. Okay? All right, so let's pray together. Alicia, would you lead us and then call on somebody? Molly, I'm calling on you. Uh, fair warning. Oh, yes. That's very nice. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for bringing us all here together. We have our lives at home, Lord, and I ask that you um, that you help us through that. Um, we thank you that you were able to do that so that we could be here today um, and just help us to worship you and focus on you and learn more about you. In Jesus' name I pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, for this beautiful fall weather that you've given us, for this building that you've gifted to us, for the musicians and the teachers and the preacher and those who are here today to serve you and to show your love to others in, in any way that we know how. Uh, I ask a special blessing uh, on my children this morning. They're recovering from being sick and can't be with us. Um, and I just ask that you watch over them and guide them and all of us as we go from here. In Jesus' name.
All right, if you would stand with those of us that are standing, those of us cannot. Well, you can't just, if you can't stand, just kind of think upward. <laughs>
includes Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just... Alright, so this is the song we've had for a long time. Uh, this is the first time we're doing motions for it, so it's a new one for you to learn. If you are not a motion Z type person, there is some clapping. I expect you to do at least that. <laughs>
Okay, so we ask ourselves, how has the Lord been speaking? What have you seen this week? What have you read in your Bible? What have you heard in your prayer time? I was watching a movie, uh, which Ariana really, uh, and I really love this movie. In fact, there might be some excerpts that you may see from it from some point in time called I Believe. It's a Christian movie about a nine-year-old boy who is raised by two parents who are pretty much atheists, but he comes in contact with the Word of God and just flat out believes what it says and the amazing things that follow. Pretty neat. And one of the scenes, he says, but you talk to God. And the little boy says, you talk to God. And he was like, um, interviewer says, you talk to God. And he says, actually, it's more like I listen. He does the talking and I do the listening. And I thought that was pretty powerful, uh, pretty good illustration of prayer. And so what have you heard this week? Go ahead and share. What do you got? No pressure. Miss Chris. All right. What is this? What's in this bottle? Water. Okay. I'm going to tell you a few things about water you may not know. Okay. First, though, I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through uh, 8, I think it is. Okay. Or 9. Anyways. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was out without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called the sea the seas. And God saw it, and it was good. Now, here's a few facts you may not know about water. Number one, the amount of water that is on the earth and in the earth and in the air is the same amount of water that's been there since the beginning. Water never leaves. So when places say they are in drought, it's because the water is somewhere else. Or is up in the air, in the in the sky, in the clouds, in the so when water evaporates, it goes up into the air, and then eventually it comes down somewhere else in precipitation. So that's why sometimes you have places that have no water, and some places that have a whole lot of water. The only way water can pretty much be destroyed is by lightning. And lightning divides the three molecules that make water. Two hydrogen, one water, or one oxygen, <laughs> H2O. The only time water can basically leave our atmosphere is when it's divided. And that is when hydrogen can sometimes escape into space. But it's very rare to happen. 
which is kind of interesting. The only way we will ever run out of water is if we make it unusable. It is always here. It never leaves. There is enough water at all times. It just might not be in the right place. <laughs> so when you think about water, think it's been here since the beginning. This is the same water that was here when God created the earth. This water never changes unless we pollute it. And there are other water facts I will be bringing that will blow your guys' mind, but that'll be it for today. All right. Thank you. All right, Mr. Wilson, studying water and learning about God. Awesome. All right. Who else? Jason. Um, I have a song, but I'm Tom or something. Is it close? Uh, Wow, that's good. It's a mini sermon right there. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well done. Caleb? Um, I have another song. 
another song? Okay. It's from a movie that I've seen, my brother's seen, and Ariana's seen it. And it's Take his sons and stuff like that, and uh, um, 
and I was just thinking the difference between goodness and greatness. And uh, I was just thinking, like, I just love, like, hear all these different inspirations. Uh, we glorify God through uh, creation, what he's created. Uh, we glorify God through uh, inspiration, like what inspires us, that God can speak through any of it. It, it don't matter what it is or what it's not. It's that it, it was all created by him. He separates um, what is wicked and what is true. I mean, none of it bothers him. He uses it all for his good purpose. And uh, and the thing is, I did like the football game. It was fun, but I was just like, was it a great game? I mean, um, I thank God that I got a chance to, to watch a really good game. I got a chance to hang out with my brothers. Uh, uh, we got a chance to go out, you know, and all that stuff. That was good. But the thing to me, what I think of greatness, I, I always think of it this way. It's like there won't be enough games to satisfy my plate. Even if I had 100,000 season tickets every single day, if I saw every single movie, if I saw everything in this whole world, there would be no satisfaction because the idea is it's not great. The thing that I find great is when I come here on Sundays is when I spend time with family that will be eternity together, however that looks, but we're eternal. We're going to be there for eternity, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. Who's in us and who we are in him. And, and I'm like, I would rather be here every Sunday just worshiping God with my family. Uh, with all, someday it will be all those who worship God, all those who have turned to the Lord Jesus. Amen. And it will be one amazing thing. But the one thing I just wanted to share real quick, and I was just thinking about that this inspired me, is that the whole time we were at that game, God is willing and able all the time. It doesn't mean He gives us what we want, but He's willing and able. Like, if you ask me for something, I could probably help you, but when I'm tired or I'm weak or, you know, I don't really care, I'm not always going to be there. But God is willing and able, always. There's never a time He's tired, never a time that He's bored or angry or grumpy. I mean, God is willing and able. And He's in every believer that has turned to Him. And Amen. it's like, during that game, like, never did we give God the glory. Never did a chance that we pray for each other. Never did a chance that we praise God. Never did we have a chance to, to fellowship and thanking God what He's given us. It, 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 it's just, it, it didn't happen. Now, what I'm saying is, for everyone here, that Christ died and rose again, and the Holy Spirit is in every believer. Can you just imagine, like, and I just thought this really quick, like if we would, like at 3 o'clock, just one of our brothers, one of our sisters, and we all prayed about, you know, the God that is willing and able to that person, for that person, and in us, who is willing and able. The Holy Spirit is in every believer, like he was, like Dan was saying, everybody's different. Personalities, character traits. DNA. There's no one has the same DNA. Everybody is absolutely unique in every way, except the Holy Spirit. That's right. The Holy Spirit is not like anybody else. He's not changing. He doesn't need to change. He is perfect because He is God. It always been God. That's right. And so I close on this: is to think about this, that He's willing and able. So if we pray or we share something, we speak from God. We speak from His Spirit, and He is willing and able to protect us. Not just spiritually, practically, and eternally. Provide for us the same way. Uh, empower us the same way. Encourage us the same way. Help us grow the same way. Meaning eternally, spiritually, and practically. This is the God who is with us always. He's not on our side like everybody says. 
the grass is always greener on the other side because it's not greener because the thing is, is that everything falls, but God doesn't. He gave his life, and he fell one time. He died on that cross. He'll never fall again. We have a victorious, living Savior that is in us and among us. So I ask, just thinking about it, use him today, glorify him today, praise him today. And even me, I already messed up. But you don't have to because he's with you. Deacon Tony, if you lead us in prayer and then call on somebody to close out, we'll transition to tithes and offerings, a little more worship, and go to the Word. Father, Lord, thank you for this another day to give us. Thank you for the sunshine, the changing leaves, changing the colors of the trees. Session with you this year. Thank you for the word you've already heard. And uh, thank you, Lord, that you are always there, really enabled to help us straighten us. And Lord, some of us have already heard the story, but I know I know some of us, probably all of us, have been through a challenging week. Uh, with job, with home, with health, uh, school, football practice, whatever, Lord, we go through different things every day. And we just ask you, Lord, to that you would uh, renew us, strengthen us, refresh us, and uh, Lord, that you would use whatever words you've shared with RJ, he's going to share us, that Lord, that would help uh, maybe some of the things that was already shared during this inspirational time has, has already lifted us up a little bit. We thank you, Lord, for them all. And I just uh, bid us, Lord, now as we continue our service, we have offering as we take uh, it up. Thank you, Lord, that we can give just a little bit of a back to you, which you've given so much. Everything we have is because you allow it. And uh, just thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
about this song before, but um, something I've been thinking a lot about lately is the state of our country and our land. And um, I don't want to get off into politics and stuff like that, but um, he says that God says if my people will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven heal our land, that kind of stuff, so we like to play a playing game, us Christians like to do it too, you know, there's too many of this political person in charge, there's crime, there's not enough police, there's too much police, there's, we blame all this stuff for the condition of our country, which seems to be falling under judgment, and where does that, where does that really begin? I don't believe it begins with any of that. It begins with us. It begins with the church and what the church is or isn't doing. So that's why it says, it doesn't say if the lost will get saved that God will heal our land. It says if his people humble themselves and pray. So I think we have a lot of good Christian people in our country, but they're kind of lost doing their thing right now. And I think all of us can kind of speak to some of that in our own hearts from time to time. So um, it's time to come out of the land of Laodicea and remember who saved us and where we came from. And um, so let's see if I can sing this one for you. Oh Lord, take your power to my fellow ground. Let your blade get down to the soil of my soul. For I've become dry and dusty. And Lord, I know it must be rich on earth like the Lord. For I've been living in Laodicea.
this time, Brother R.J. Shope will come and share with us what the Lord has laid on his heart, apparently from Deuteronomy 13. I ain't that special, Tom. So what does it mean to serve God? Okay, to do what he says. But it goes a little further than that. Because in order to serve God, you have to not only do what he says, but you have to do it not expecting anything in return. Because if you, if you serve God, but you're expecting people to give you something in return, that's not really serving God. So you have, to, you have to keep that in mind, too, that as we serve God, we have to understand that we cannot expect anything in return. We have to do it out of the goodness of our hearts because that's what God did for us. <clears throat> and if we, look, if we were to look in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, The Son of Man came to serve, but not serve... Sorry. The Son of Man came not to serve, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve us, but he was not expecting anything in return. So, therefore, as Christians, we have to serve and do whatever God lays on our heart to do, not expecting something in return. So how can you serve God? Buddy. By serving others. Serving others. Putting others before yourself. You could do it in ministries, right? Start a ministry. Um, join praise team. You could. Worship. Huh? Participating in worship. You could uh, teach, yeah. Participate in worship, teach. think you can do it at your job if you do it with the right heart. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I was waiting for someone else to say that. For me and my job, it's really hard because none of the guys I work with believe what I believe, so it's really hard to. But I still, I've told them many times before, and I've even told my boss, I just do the God, job God gave me. Because I've, I've gotten review before, and they're like, oh, you do a really good job, and we're really impressed with your work. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine and dandy, but I do that because God gave me this job. So you can serve God with, I guess, humbling yourself, knowing that what you have to serve God with, he gave it to you for his glory, not your own glory. Not to make yourself look better, but to make him look good so that we can show the world how good God really is. So here's something else. Can you serve more than one God? No. First of all, because there really is only one. <laughs> but that being said, if you want to select a second for yourself, you can do it. 
I'm actually here to tell you, you can serve more than one God. However, if you are a Christian, you're right. The answer is no. But if you are not a Christian and you're lost in the world, you're going to try to serve many gods because you're going to try to find that one thing in your life that makes you feel good. So technically, yes, you can serve more than one God, but it's not going to be pretty. So we are faced by temptations every single day. We're faced with temptations to do different things, to look at things, and the amount of times that we're rejecting that temptations, I think is more than we can even imagine. The more the times God steps in and takes our mind off of something because it's not right or it's wrong and we shouldn't be thinking that. Um, one of the examples I have is if you're walking down the street and you see a really attractive person and you're like, man, that person's really good looking. There's nothing wrong with that, right? However, if you go a little bit farther than that and start having feelings like, I'd really like to know what that person likes, looks like with no clothes on, then it becomes a problem. I mean, there's nothing wrong with complimenting something because they look good. <clears throat> but I, I think it's crazy how many times we are faced with temptations and we don't go into them, not even realizing that God is actually pulling us away from them. <clears throat> and the reason he does that is because he doesn't want us to go back to doing what the world says we should do. And we are going to look in Deuteronomy chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Amen. Amen. It says, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and that sign or that wonder comes true, concerning which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them. So right away it warns us that there's going to be people that will rise up and say, hey, let's go do this instead, even though it's not something you're aware of. Like back then, a lot of them were worshiping other gods, like Baal, you had, um, oh, what was the other one? I just had it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Astroth. Astroth, that was the one. But you have all these other false gods that these people would worship, and there's there was a list I found. I wish I would have saved it, but I didn't, and it kind of disappoints me. But there was a list I found. It would have had like 30, over 30 different false gods that they would worship back then. And it is crazy because a lot of the names I've never even heard of. And it, it's just crazy the amount of things that people strive after that they, they go after just to make them feel a little bit better when truthfully the, what Dan said, there is only one God that is going to make you feel good. And that is our God, the God creator, the God of the universe. That is the only God that you are ever going to follow to make yourself feel Right. Um, Something else to think about with this. Anytime you put something above God, that is now a God in your life. A lot of people do it with money, fame, success. Some people do it with video games. Some people do it with sex. 
Anything you put above God becomes a God in your life. <clears throat> so if someone says, hey, let's go to the bar and get messed up, and you know that you're not supposed to do that, but you do it anyways, that has now become a God in your life because you are serving that instead of doing what's right with God. If someone says, hey, let's go watch TV and let's go watch a movie, but you know you haven't spent any time with God that day and you still go and watch that movie and just push God aside, that movie or that TV show has now become a God in your life. Now, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with watching TV or watching a movie or going out with friends. However, you have to make sure that you're still putting that time in for God. <clears throat> Continuing in verse 3. Says, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he is he has concealed rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded to walk you shall purge the evil from among you now we can't go around killing people that try to lead us to doing wrong things however you can cut that person out of your life right if there's someone that comes up against you and is trying to constantly force you to do the wrong thing, you can push that person out of your life. I mean, I, I've taught that in my youth group many times. To, you have to be very careful who you hang out with because real friends will never try to force you to do something that you know is wrong, that is not what you want to do. A good friend is going to force you to try to better yourself and do better. I have my best friend Charlie, me and him, we went fishing yesterday, and he likes to drink. Sometimes he likes to drink a lot. But when we were out yesterday, he didn't really do anything like that because, and I even asked him, I was like, hey, if you wanted to go get something, you can. And he said, no, because I don't want to do that because of, he don't want to make me feel bad or anything like that. So I was like, okay, that's cool. However, <clears throat> I wouldn't have cared if he did, but that's how a friend should be. They should be able to respect you and your decisions, your choices. <clears throat> this is when, continuing in verse 6, this is when it can get a little scary. It says, if your brother, your mother's son, or your son's or daughter, or your wife you cherish or your friend who is with or who is as your own soul entices you secretly saying let us go serve other gods from neither whom neither you nor your father have known of the gods of the people who are around you near you or far from you from one end of the earth to the other end <clears throat> you shall not yield to him nor or listen to him and your eyes shall not pity him, nor shall you share or console him, or conceal him. 
but you shall surely kill but you should surely kill him your hand shall be first against him to put him to death and afterwards the hand of all the people you shall stone him to death because he has sought to seduce you from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery then all Israel will hear and be afraid and will never again do such a wicked thing among you. So this is saying even your own family. If your own family, your own flesh and blood were to try to get you to walk away from God, you need to cut them out of your life. If you are married and your wife or your husband is forcing you to try to go against what God says, you have to cut that person out. Now, obviously, me personally, I would try my hardest to make them see the truth, to make them understand why I serve God and why I do what I do. But if that doesn't work, then you're going to have to get free of that. Because Satan will use the people around you, the people you love the most, to break you down. But God will use those people to build you back up. As long as you're on the same page. But you have to be careful, even when it comes to your mother, your father, your brother or sister, you have to... You have to always follow God. Don't follow what they want you to do. Continuing 12, it says, If you hear one of your cities which the Lord your God is giving to you to live in, anyone saying that some worthless man has gone out among you and have seduced the inhabitants of the city, saying, Let us serve other gods whom you have not known, then you shall investigate it and search out inquiries throughout. If it is true and the matter established that it... This abomination has been done among you. You shall surely strike the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying it and all that and all that is in it and its cattle with the edge of the sword. Then you shall gather up all its booty into the middle of the open square and burn the city with all of its booty with fire as a whole burnt offering to the Lord your God. And it shall be a ruin forever. It shall never be rebuilt. Nothing from which is put under the ban shall cling to your hand in order that the Lord may turn from his burning anger and show mercy to you and have compassion on you and make you increase just as he sworn to your father. If you listen to the voice of the Lord your God and keep his commandments which I am commanding you today and doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. So all that being said, anything in your life that is not of God, get rid of it. Anything. If you're spending too much time watching TV and not spending enough time with God, get rid of the TV. If you're spending too much time playing on a phone game instead of spending time in God, get rid of the phone. If you're spending too much time hanging out with friends and not discussing God's greatness then you need to get rid of that friend. 
In Matthew chapter 18, verse 8, it says, If your hand or foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. It'd be better you enter the enter life crippled or lame than have two hands and two feet to be cast into eternal fire. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes to be cast into fiery hell. Even Jesus tells you to get rid of other things that can cause you to stumble into sin. You have you you can't keep things around if they're going to be there. You can't keep around if they're going to make you fall. <clears throat> so that was the text, and I'm going to get to the points. But this is where most of the time is going to be. So be ready because there's a lot. Uh, first point is serve God and serve God only. You cannot serve more than one God if you're a Christian. If you really believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior and He saved you, then He is the Lord of your life. He is the only one that you can ever follow. You can't follow after money. You can't follow after dreams. You can't follow after success or a person. You have to follow Jesus and Him only. Luke 4 Luke chapter 4 verse 8 says, Jesus answered to him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. In 2 Samuel 22.4, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Deuteronomy 6 chapter 13 or Deuteronomy 6 verses 13 through 14 You shall fear only the Lord your God and you shall worship him and swear by his name you shall not follow any other gods <clears throat> any of the gods of the people who you sur- who surround you So just because we live in a country that is free and we have God's free will to choose whatever we want to do does not give us the right to sometimes. Just because you have the free will to go out and kill somebody, does that make it right? Just because you have the free will to go out and steal from somebody, does that make it right? We have the free will to do what we want, but however, we have to do what is right. If you cannot do what is right, you will never be able to fully understand the amazing thing God did when He sent Jesus Christ to die for you. You want to know why we have to call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised? Because He saved us from our enemies. You want to know why you can't serve two masters? Because you're going to love one but despise the other. You know why we have to serve God and serve God only? Because if we don't serve God and serve God only... We're going to despise God and love something else. A little bit of what Tim was saying earlier. You want to look at the world and you want to put the blame on anything. You want to put the blame on our government, on the people in our government, on people in charge or police or anything like that. You want to put the blame on something else. You know, we need to start blaming ourselves as Christians. What are we doing to make it better? Are we too busy trying to serve two different masters? Are we trying to 
serve God and serve God only and get other people on board to serve God. This whole world is so wrapped up and around having so many different things to make you look good when really the only thing that's going to make us look good is bringing God back into everything. You want to fix the school systems? Let God be in our school systems. You want to fix your workplace? Let God be in the workplace. You want to fix our country? Bring God back to our country. There's so many churches that have closed their doors during COVID because they wanted to do what the government said but not what God said. Do you think back 2,000 plus years they ever stopped worshiping because people got sick? No, they would just sit them in a different part of the place. They would separate them. But they still worshiped. They never stopped doing what God had them to do. If we bow down to what the world standards want, we are going to fall on our face. Which brings me to my second point. We have to remember where we came from. You have to remember who you were before you came to Christ. Were you a person who strived to serve or were you a person that only wanted to serve yourself? Where were you before you got saved? If you can compare that to what you are now, it should be a very drastic change. And if we can do that with the world, if we can go back and say, look, here's what Jesus did, here's what I was before I was saved, here's where I am now, and the whole world can understand how much of a change and how much better things could be, we would never have to worry about half the things we have to worry about. In Deuteronomy 16, verse 12, it says, You shall remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and you shall be careful to observe these statures. You were slaves to sin. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are now free from that sin. You are free from all sin. You are free from the struggles that the world wants you to be in. Because you serve a God who can pull you out of that. You serve the God who can take from nothing and create greatness. That's the God you serve. That's the God we as Christians serve. We serve a God with the power to take dust from the earth and create man. Or, picture this, we we serve a God who can create the stars, the universe, the planets, the sun, the moon. God created all of that. And that is the God we serve. We serve that kind of powerful God. We serve the God that can take us from worthless human beings to someone who is able to stand in His presence and go, Lord, I serve You. You cannot forget where we came from. We were slaves, and now we are free. And we are free to do God's work. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, which happens to be my, my favorite verse, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. Mm-hmm. 
You are no longer that old you anymore. Now, I will tell you, you cannot ever forget who you were, though. Because if you forget who you were, you're going to forget what you're fighting for. I am fighting to make myself a better person. I am fighting to make myself the best father I can possibly be, the best husband I can possibly be, and eventually the best preacher I can ever be. But I do that because God pulled me from that broken person I was to who I am now so I can do these things. And it is the same for every single one of you. God pulled you from who you were so you can be a better person. So you can be the best Tommy you can be. You can be the best Chris you can be. You can be the best you can be if you remember where God pulled you from. <clears throat> the third point is, is always speak the truth. I've been trying to drill this into my kids for years. Always speak the truth. Because if you tell one little lie, that lie can snowball and it can affect everything. Who's here heard the saying that respect is earned? Right? Everyone probably, I mean, that's been something that I've always had stuck in my head ever since I was a kid. Respect is earned. However... Is it easier to get someone's respect or to get someone's trust? Not a rhetorical question. I think people tend to carry a, a, a decent amount of respect for just people in general, just because they're people. I think trust is more hard to earn than, than respect. Okay, so if someone steals from you, someone steals from you, would you be able to trust that person anymore? It'd be really hard, right? If someone lies to you, it's hard to believe anything they say anymore, right? So what are we doing as Christians if we're not doing what God wants us to do? We are lying to God. However, God still trusts us. Think about that. If you don't do what God has you to do, you are lying to God. But yet he still trusts you to carry out his will and his duty that he puts in your life. And yet, we can't trust people who lie to us. It's hard for us to trust people who steal from us. But yet when we lie, we cheat, we steal... God still trusts us enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross so we can get to heaven. So that we can do his work. You want to fix the problems of this world? You trust God. Bring God into it. We need to stop trying to shove him away. In uh, Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16, it says, these, thing, these are things which you should do. Speak the truth to one another. Judge with truth and judgment for peace. <clears throat> Proverbs twenty-one eighteen: A false witness will perish, but the man who listens to the truth will speak forever. That right there is why God's word will last forever. Because it's truth. 
Satan, all of the lies Satan has will fall away. But God's truth of his love will last forever because it's true. Any false thing out in the world right now is eventually going to die off. I mean, look at all these traditions that have come and gone. There, there a lot. There's so many lies out there. Like, for instance, there's a cult out there that believes you have to sacrifice your firstborn. Still, there's cults out there that believe that. There's the First Church of Satan, which is an actual church. I looked it up. It's really weird. Because I did first time I ever heard Dan tell me that I thought it was lie. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, there's no way that someone actually named their church the First Church of Satan, but they did. But you want to know what's even crazier? That's the fifteenth time someone's named their church the First Church of Satan. Every other one failed because it's based on lies. The reason. Everything around us is falling apart is because so many things around us are based on lies. It's not based on the truth anymore. Second Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of the truth. And everything you do, especially when you're a Christian, you are approved by God to speak the truth. You're going around, and I've seen it before, you go around in your day and you don't ever bring up the Word of God. Or you go out in the day and you purposely don't tell the truth. Because you're afraid it might offend somebody. Or you're afraid of what someone will think. Well, you know what? Who cares what they think? If you are speaking the truth about who God is, who cares what they think? That does not matter. What matters is the truth lives forever. You have to speak the truth. You cannot lie about who God is. You cannot lie about the power that God has and the things He's done in your life. If you are waking up every day, that is a blessing from God. You need to cherish that. You need to remember, God gave you that breath in your lungs. It didn't come from some scientific little magic thing that people try to make people believe. It comes from God. Let's be real. The human body is the most complex thing on the planet. There is not a single person alive that fully understands every aspect of the human body. The biggest one being the brain. Because the thoughts people have, the ideas people have, the way the brain works is so complex, not even the most powerful computers can comprehend what a human brain can. And if you're going to sit there and tell people that's just, it happens because of evolution and not by some other miracle, you are crazy. The only way that that kind of stuff is possible is because God did it. God created such a precise universe that if we were just a little bit close to the sun, we'd all fry to death. But if we were just a little bit further away, we'd all freeze to death. 
You realize if the moon were not in the sky, the whole earth would be flooded underwater. Because the gravity from the moon is what controls our tide. If there's no moon, there's no tide. That means it's just high tide all the time. And if it's those things, those those things in creation, you have to realize that it is not by chance. It is because what God said in the very beginning in Genesis, God created it. God created everything. It's not a lie. That is the truth, and that still is the truth. The the Bible is the most printed book ever. And it is also the only book that has been around for thousands of years. You know why? Because it is the truth about God and God protects his stuff. Where to go? I'm going to go to Acts chapter 17 and verse 23. It says, For a while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, but I also found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you, what you worship is ignorance. This I proclaim to you. To an unknown God. Why would anyone want to worship an unknown God? They can't believe that there were so many gods that they couldn't know them all. Exactly. Do you see that is exactly how the world is today? We are trying to worship so many other things that we can't even possibly remember what's real anymore, what is true anymore. But the God we serve is always true. The God we serve brought us up from slavery to sin so that we can be saved. The God we serve created everything. The God we serve has never lied to you. The God we serve has never stolen from you. The God we serve is always here for you. And you know what? The best thing is, the God we serve is the only real God there is. That's who we serve. That is the God we serve. So what does it mean to serve God? To live knowing that God is real. Do everything in His name. And why do we do it? Because He sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross so you can be saved. That's why we do it. Not just because God commands us to. Not just because it's the right thing to do. We do it because 
if God loves us that much, then shouldn't we love Him that much? If God loves us so much that He sent Jesus Christ to die, shouldn't we show Him that respect? Show Him that love? If God never lies to you and never steals from you and never gives you more than you can handle, shouldn't you serve Him in return? You want to know what it's like to be happy? Serve God. You want to know what it's like to be successful? Serve God. You want to know what it's like to not be faced with temptation every day and struggling on who you were and who you are now? Serve God. And yes, I understand that we all have our busy lives. We all work and whatnot, go to school and whatnot. But you know what? That is not an excuse not to serve God. So in a way of conclusion... I'm just going to do a quick recap. For one, don't fall into false teachings. Don't let the world's lies affect your relationship with God. Remember who you were without Christ and who you are with Christ. And don't lie about who God really is. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. That's Romans 1.16. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed to tell people the truth of who God really is and why we serve Him. <clears throat> so as we go out and as we finish our week and come back next week or Tuesday or whenever, think about that. How can you serve God today? How can you make sure that you're always putting God at the top of your life instead of down below something else? I'm telling you right now, it is hard. It's a lot of work to make sure that you're putting God in everything. It's hard work. But what did God create Adam to do? God created Adam to work. He didn't create him to sit there and do nothing. He created Adam to work. And then he gave Adam Eve to help him do that work. God gave us people in our lives to help the work get done. If you are still alive and you are still breathing, there's work to be done. So don't let the don't let the world prevent you from letting God's light shine. Because that is why it's so important that us as Christians have to be out there telling people we have to let God's light shine in a world of darkness. Because if we don't, we're going to be just like the Israelites were back in Egypt as slaves. And I don't want to see what a world without God would be. But if we can't do what's right and serve God and only God, then that is what we're going to do. We're going to see a world without Him. Hopefully that ain't what it takes for Jesus to come back, for us to actually see what that would look like.
And what's even scarier is, are you going to be the one where he says, get away from me for I never knew you? Or are you going to be the one that he says, welcome my good and faithful servant? So let's get out there. Let's serve God. Let's do the right thing and speak truth. And if you haven't been, I'd say start studying more and repent. Because in every, almost every chapter I've ever read of the Bible, there's something about serving God. Anyway, I'm going to have the praise team come up. And we're going to sing a song. And during the song, I want you guys to look into your own hearts and ask yourself, have you been serving God in everything? Have you, or have you been lying to God, saying that you're a Christian and you want to follow Him, but haven't really been following Him? And I'll tell you right now, I've, I've caught myself doing that many times. And I, I've repented already, and I'll do it again. Because there's many times where I'll sit there and I'll say, yeah, I want to serve God, I want to do God's work. And then something else comes up, and I'm like, nah, that's, I, can't, I can't do that right now, I have to do this instead. We have to remember to serve God always. Don't fall into the busyness of the world. We could fall into the business of Christ, though, can't we?